Hello everyone, welcome to the Zephyr Lake Carmelite Evangelization Campaign. Today we are going to read question 120 from the Compendium of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. How did Jesus' offering expressed at the Last Supper? At the Last Supper with his apostles on the eve of his passion, Jesus anticipated, that is, both symbolized his free self-offering and made it really present. This is my body which is given for you, Luke 22 verse 19, emphasis added. This is my blood which is poured out, Matthew chapter 26 verse 28, emphasis added. Thus he both instituted the Eucharist as the memorial, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 25, of his sacrifice, and instituted his apostles as priests of the new covenant. So for my personal reflection today, I'd like to kind of go back to that journey that Jesus was making from Galilee. He came into Jerusalem. He had the triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And then we see, based on his actions and his teachings, there's a conspiracy to kill Jesus. And after that, uh, he's in Jerusalem to celebrate the feast of the Passover. So we're going to pick up at that point um, in chapter 26 of Matthew and around verse 17, where we read Jesus eating Passover with his disciples. Now we can be assured that Jesus was not traveling with just his 12 apostles, but he was traveling with probably a group of people who had followed him from Galilee, including our Blessed Mother and other women of, of Galilee. Uh, we know this because those uh, our Blessed Mother as well as the women of Galilee are all present during the crucifixion and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. So verse 17 of Matthew chapter 26. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? Jesus said, Go into the city to such a one and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. Here Jesus is referring to his own death. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he sat at table with the twelve disciples. It is important to note here, even though there were so many people who had probably accompanied Jesus, followed him, were listening to his preaching, and uh, who, uh, who were around him, Jesus sat down at this table with only his twelve disciples whom he had chosen at the beginning of his public ministry, including Peter, who was the leader of them all and who is, as a Catholic church proclaims, is the first pope and also the one who betrayed him, Judas. So the 12 disciples were chosen and even though our Blessed Mother, she is venerated above the disciples, she was not present at the table. 
it was the twelve disciples with whom Jesus uh, has this Seder meal. And I have been told by people of Jewish faith that a mother's role is very important at the Seder table for the Jewish um, tradition. But we note that, you know, even though our Blessed Mother was there, she was not at this particular table. The last supper that Jesus has is only with those 12 disciples, which included the one who would betray him. And continuing to read, and as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? And further down we read in verse 26, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a chalice, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I shall not drink again of this fruit of the wine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So here Jesus was referring to his passion and death on the cross. And he shared this meal with the 12 disciples. And I kind of want to go into a different gospel. In the gospel of John, we see in chapter 13, Jesus also eating the Passover feast as described by John. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And during supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, and tied a towel round himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was tied around him. And we know that immediately after that, Simon Peter doesn't want his feet to be washed, but Jesus tells him, you shall never be part of me if you do not have me wash your feet. And then he, Peter says, you know, don't just wash my feet, but wash my hands and my head. And Jesus says, he who has bathed does not need to wa be washed except for his feet because he is already clean all over. And, uh, you know, again, this was a symbolic way in which Jesus instituted both the Holy Eucharist, which makes present to us both symbolically but also in reality the sacrifice that Jesus would suffer on the cross and his resurrection both at the same time. So the body and blood of Jesus are what we consume and we receive in the bread and wine at Holy Mass. And in verse 12 in John we read, 
when he had washed their feet and taken his garment and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for I am, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. So here Jesus, even though Jesus is equal to God, Jesus is God, he did not claim equality with God. In his, as a son of man, he didn't claim himself to be greater than God, even though he was equal to God. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I'm not, and then, you know, he, he is basically saying, truly, truly, I say to you, he who receives anyone whom I send receives me and he who receives me receives him who sent me. So that's why Catholics believe that these 12 apostles had a very special place and because they were the bishops of the church and Peter was the Pope and every priest that we have in today's world can trace himself, his ordination back to the hands of his bishop who ordained him. And every bishop can trace his authority uh, and his ordination back to one of the uh, disciples whom Jesus himself ordained. And this is the reason why Pope John Paul II says that it is not up to even the Pope to be able to ordain women priests because this is how Jesus, this is how God manifested himself and he picked out those 12 men to be his disciples. And Jesus was not a gender-biased person. He, in fact, was very countercultural in his time. In spite of that, he only uh, ordained the 12. And the 12, not because they were super holy people, but because he chose them. He made them eligible for that calling that he had for them. And... Uh, we see that has been transmitted by the laying of hands during ordination uh, by the bishop to the priests. And only they are able to consecrate ordained priests, uh, the uh, bread and the wine, to become the body and the blood of Jesus. And that's my reflection for today. I hope you have a blessed rest of the day. And thank you for listening.